Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Hey, welcome back to Ciao Bella. Today I am sitting at Gucci Osteria with chef Karime Lopez, who is wearing the prettiest fascia on her head. I really love it. And just happens to be the first Mexican woman chef with a Michelin star. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy I'm, to chat with you. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you because I, I don't know if I told you, um, I think it was like a little bit over a year ago, I came to lunch here. Oh, really? Yes, with my same friend, actually, oh. with my friend. And, um, you know, initially, I think we, we, we looked at the menu. We were like, oh, we'll just get like one or two things. And we ended up getting many things. But one of the things that, because we, 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 were, we were going on the menu, we were like, okay, well, we have to eliminate. We can't eat all this. You know, we don't have a lot of time. It's too much. And then we saw the tacos. Yeah, la tostada. La tostada, yes. Yeah. And we were like, should we get that? We're, we're in Florence. Do we, do we do that? And so we did, and our minds were blown. Like we had, we we loved that. We loved every single thing, but yeah. the two of us were like, "What's going on?" And then later on, um, because I know that this restaurant is a collaboration between Gucci and Massimo Bottura. Yeah. And then, but you know, so I, did, I wasn't. I, we kind of walked in off the street, so we didn't really have any. Like I didn't do any research like I normally do. And then somebody said to me, "No, but it's Karime Lopez." I was like, Karime Lopez, yes. And, and then I started doing a little research and I was so excited because you're young, you're a woman, and you're here. And I was like, that's really cool. So, yeah. I'm, Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to come back. And I thought, you know, I, I did my research. So I, I, I learned a little bit about your story. But as I was saying earlier when I walked in, it's like an odyssey. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's a kind of long, short story. <laughs> you want to share it with us? Yeah, sure. Well, where should we start? Well, like, let's tell everybody where you grew up in Mexico. Yeah, so I was born actually in Mexico City, but I grew up in Querétaro. That it's like two hours far from Mexico City going north. Okay. And that's why I feel from that place, even if I didn't born there. Because you grew up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I grew up there, my family is there, my friends are there, so I feel like... Queretana. And then when I finished... Were you always cooking? Were you always into food? No. No, uh, I like cooking, but normal. Like, I was always interested in art. I wanted to study uh, plastic arts. So I was always like doing sculpture and painting and doing that, doing that stuff. And I went to Paris after high school to start studying French so I can go into uh, plastic arts um, plastic arts school, like in France. But living there, like in that period in Mexico, there, were, there wasn't any pastry or 
like in Paris, that you have all these pastries that were presented like jewels, like super important things. So we have a lot of, we have super good pastries in Mexico, but it was another kind, another style. So imagine at 18 years old, arriving to these places, I was like overwhelmed about this new gastronomy for me. And also I love uh, sweets. Me too. I love. So I started like eating all this stuff and I was like, this is like art, but you can eat it. So it's two of my favorite things ever, like art and food. <laughs> so I, I was thinking like, should I study art or should I go to cooking school? So I started my research um, to be so young in Paris, like at 18th, the first time you're by yourself, it was super tough for me. So I decided like, I don't want to go back to Mexico, but I don't want to live in Paris. So why not I go to Spain, I'm fine, because also the language, it's the same. I'm fine, a good school and I started there so I called my mother and I told her like uh, I'm not doing plastic arts anymore I want to cook and she's like super open and she was like okay but you must find a school and everything and when you have everything you can go there so I start my research I find the an apartment, the school, and everything. You were all on your own. Yes, because I really wanted to. And my, I think my mother told me like, okay, you want it, but you have to figure out. And then I figured out and I moved to Spain. And I started there like to study. And then from Spain, because I, so I, I know the names, but I don't know so I know I know you went from Spain. I know I know you were in Copenhagen. I know you were in Tokyo. Yeah. And I know you were in Peru for five years as well. Yeah. And then and then somehow, well now I now I know how <laughs> I know how you came to Italy. Um, did you? I mean, how did you? How did you go from Spain to Noma? Well, after my last job in Spain, that it was in Mugaritz, oh, I went right. to Mexico to work with Enrique Olvera. Ah, that's, that's Puyol? That? Yes, Puyol. So there, uh, uh, Enrique told me like he would like to, to pay me like an internship wherever I want. And at that time, I was like really in love still with, with, Fran with French chefs. Like, oh, maybe I can go to this or that. I have to really... Uh, search one one place because he's like uh he will be my uh sponsor so and then he told me like you know i have this friend because at that moment rene wasn't that famous i have this friend in copenhagen and he's doing interesting things why you you want why you you go there and i was like i was like mm, okay 
But I was like, yeah, okay. Because at that point, he wasn't that famous and it wasn't a lot of information about the restaurant or him. So when I arrived, it was a whole new world for me again, because it was different language that I have never heard. Oh God, yeah, it's Danish. Uh, traditions that like we started like even from the staff meal it was also strange for me hmm. I arrived in in winter so the first thing that I saw that it was like oh my god where am I because they had this like little house I don't know will, what will be like the name outside where they keep vegetables and everything because it's so cold that they can keep it outside right you know it's like their the name is escaping me but it's like like a back in the day when people would have the ice box and they put stuff in in ice boxes so they didn't have they didn't need to have they could keep an ice box outside exactly it was like that and for me coming from a place that it's kind of warm all year all the year for me, it was like, wow. And I saw like different things, like they were eating reindeer and all this stuff that it was like a whole new world for me. And also, you know, like, I'm, I'm just curious because like, I didn't even think about this, but you, by that point, it's not, you, I know you fell in love with patisserie and, and pastries, but you were not focusing. No, no, not at all. I mean, when I did all my, every year, uh, the school is three years. Mm -hmm. Each year, at the end of the year, you go to a place to do like uh, apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. And on each place, it was like, oh, you're a woman, you're young, so you go into the pastry area. Ah. Like you start there. So, so women, young women in particular, yeah. are, get sent to pastry. Exactly. <laughs> so at that point, I was like really pissed off about that. But after maybe some weeks that you n now you can um, help there, you have to go to the chef and tell him like, oh, may I change the, the station? Because I really want to learn from this or that. And then that they see that you're interested, they will change it. But I, all my, my stage, mm -hmm. stage, yeah, I started in pastry. I did. I did not all of realize that. that but not because I wanted. But because, because you were a woman. Oh, exactly. Oh my goodness. Still a lot that happening that in. In all the kitchens. I, I wonder what uh, what that logic is, <laughs> like women and pastry, because I, they're I, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I... no, not not even to me, because also most of the of my um, direct boss of the pastry, they were men. Exactly. You know. So okay, whatever. Nowadays, I'm very thankful about that because. I really have a good base of pastry that not all chefs have. So now I can be very, uh, I can like participate a lot on, my, on the desserts. Actually, uh, now I like a lot to develop like the dessert menu because of that, because I have the know-how 
mm-hmm. that maybe a lot of chefs they are not very interested in the desserts because they they because have they never worked. Have, they never had to do a stash in pastry because they were a woman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. Now so. you know. Now I'm curious because I don't think when I ate here before that I had any pastries. Now I will be eating your pastries yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying you were you were in Noma. It was a completely it was new materials, new concept, new new. Also, another. they had like different way to work, different logistic in the kitchen. That it was like very new for me. Well, you've now worked in a lot of distinctly different places, culturally, um, weather-wise. You know, I mean. From Spain to Mexico to Denmark to Tokyo to Peru, um, and then to here, obviously, it's, and and we're now, and we can even talk about the differences between like Modena and and Firenze. But you've worked in a, but you know, their Italian culture is obviously Italian. Yeah. But you've worked in a lot of different, a lot of different cultures, a lot of diff, with a lot of different kinds of materials that are used in each. Um, and I know that's something that's part of your creativity in the kitchen is the, the fluidity of those cultures using some, sometimes it's similar materials and interpreting different. And I'd love to, to hear you talk about a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, I think that that is what really happens in this kitchen. Apart from all the things that I have seen, I think nowadays most of all the cooks that are very interested in food, they want to travel for food, to see different techniques, different products, because it's, it's endless. You don't have even a life to learn one specific kitchen, you know? So the more you travel, the more you eat, the more you know that you don't know. So, it's not just the experience that I have had in my different places that I used to call home in each place. It's also the stories that my team has. Because also you can think about the influence you have from your house. I mean, you eat maybe these things because of your grandmother, but because of your other grandmother, you eat other things. And there comes your, ide- your identity. So each house has a different identity, even if it's in the same country or it's in the same city. And that's what happens here. We eat, we have lunch and dinner every day together. And it's a mix of all the experiences we have in our lives and that's our menu you can see different techniques different ways to use maybe the same product now i know that um i know that you were in peru for five years yeah where you met your husband no oh you didn't meet him there no no i thought i I was told you met him there no no I didn't know. So you, him you were there. working there for five years and then came to Italy? No. Uh, I was working in Peru and there, you know, we traveled a lot because of our job. And there was this event in New York 
um, it was like a kind of homage to Wally Dufresne and they invited several chefs to do this event and I was invited with well my my ex-boss was invited and he invited me to do this and I met Derek Taka and Taka by that point Taka was had been at Osteria Francesca yeah so then I mean were you guys long distance dating from Modena no because when we met we were not dating actually we were just we just met and we became okay. friends and so, so then how did you, so then he was like, hey, or they were Massimo invited yeah, you? Yeah, after, no, after I think maybe one year or two, I don't know. I cannot even remember what, when we start speaking more. And then, you know, you start feeling something different. And then I was, you, we Mexicans, we love to invite people everywhere. <laughs> so I asked him like, oh, what are you, because my restaurant, my, where I used to work, they, we close, we used to close for Christmas. So I told, he told me like, what are you doing for Christmas? And I was like, I'm going to Mexico to have Christmas with my family. And because of, we are just like that, I asked him like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. And I was like, oh, poor guy. He has like no plan for Christmas. Like Christmas is so important for us in Mexico. And I was like, poor guy. So I told him like, just because, come and have Christmas with me, like with my family. And he was like, okay. And he arrived because Franciscana closes like the 24th, 25th, and then they have to be there the 26th. But I didn't knew that. So he came from Italy to be Christmas dinner with my family, then half day, and then to the airport. So two days? Yeah. Like probably even less, like 36 hours. Exactly. So I had like this whole month of holidays, and then he told me like, do you want to come in Japan with me? And I, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Because I used to, to live in Japan and I was like, yeah, I missed a little bit Japan. So yeah, why not holidays in Japan? And then we started there. And then when did you go to Francescana? When I started working there? Mm -hmm. Because uh, I, had a, I used to have a good job in Peru. Mm -hmm. It was like the same position as Taka, but in Central. So at some point, dating, like kind of dating, he was traveling back and forward each month from Modena to Lima. At some point, he told me, what about us? Like, this can't be forever. Also, we don't have the money to pay every month, like this. That's like, like extreme long distance dating. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I don't know because I like my job, but at the, at that point I wasn't. I was like, oh, maybe I should change place. And he told me, why you to come with me to to Italy? And I was like, Italy, no. Really? Yes, I wasn't like interested really. And after one month of that, 
talk, he told me like, I want to marry you. And I was like, well, Italy doesn't sound bad. <laughs> and then I came and I didn't started working in the Francescana. I, because I did this collaboration with Central doing the book and oh. they have two books. The one with Fidon and the one with Penguin. Okay. Of their other restaurant in London. So I did almost all the recipes of those books. So when I, and Lara did, Lara knew that. So when I was here, the first month I did like nothing. I was sleeping all day because it was winter, new life, new everything. I was like overwhelmed. I was like, oh, what's happening? But after a month, I was like, what am I going to do here in Modena? So Lara told me, oh, I know you have experience with Fidon. And I was, yeah, yeah, we did this book for three months. Oh, because we have this project that we're doing uh, with the refectorio project. And this book is The Bread is Gold. And she explained me everything. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like. I like the idea and also I need a job. So I started working with them like that. So you were working basically uh, like testing the recipes? Testing the recipes and also doing the food styling for the photos. Ah. So that helps me a lot to know better Italians and the food and the products and everything and also kind of adapting, not like just to be in the kitchen, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, because that's like a whole different rhythm. I mean, it's a distinctly different rhythm from being in the kitchen to testing, or like you have a lot more control of your time and, and maybe can, a lot less stress when it yeah. comes to, to writing. Well, I mean, a different kind of stress. <laughs> yeah, after because I thought it was like that, but okay. it's not really. Really? Yeah, it was very stressful because we didn't have a lot of time. So, oh. but it was a beautiful experience. It was it was beautiful. Also because the food styling food styling we did it in this nice studio in Parma that is like a super nice kitchen and you do everything there you have all the products and all the things to do it so it was really really nice and when we finished i was like and then <laughs> what am i going to do and i started looking for a job i didn't ask massimo like oh i need a job or i want to work with you or anything and i found some jobs but outside italy in europe so i was like yeah why not but at, at the same time, I was like, but I just moved here. It's going to be very challenging for Taka and me like to move to, I don't know, Spain, England, whatever. And then Massimo just offered me this project. And this project? Yes. So let's talk a little bit about this project because it's, this isn't just a project. This is two very distinct, two very, I keep saying the word distinct. This is two big personalities. It's Gucci. Yeah. Which is an entity unto itself. This whole space, because we're not just, it's not just any Gucci. We're in the historic Gucci building where the Gucci Museum is, and it's the Gucci Osteria, and then it's Massimo Bottura. Yeah. So that's kind of like 
already a lot to juggle. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. It's a big responsibility, but also it was hard to start with that because when you think about Gucci, but at the same time it's Massimo, you can get confused because you have this point of cold thing about Gucci, I mean like fashion, you know, matching with this warm, welcoming idea of Massimo's group. So I think the first year was very challenging to show the people that you can come to Gucci to eat well. What I, I know that um, Austria Francescana and like Francescana at Casa Maria Luigia, it's a lot. I know that his cuisine is a lot of storytelling, and it's a lot of storytelling about his personal experiences, about the region, about Emilia Romagna. Yeah. Um, what? How would you describe the cucina here? Well, we're in Florence. We're in the heart city of the Renaissance. So what's about the Renaissance here? That it was a melting pot of ideas, culture, everyone was exchanging things here. Uh, it's also a melting pot of all the most brightest art ideas. So we're doing kind of the same, but in a contemporary way. We're in a beautiful uh, palazzo that tells the same story. We are a melting pot of ideas using the Italian products and changing that product to tell our stories. It's like corn, right? Um, in Italy, the corn was transformed into polenta. In Mexico, we transformed the corn into tortillas. But if I do, if I work with the Italian corn, with the technique that I know from my country, it's an Italian tortilla. Because the corn is Italian. And I'm here, you know? So we're just applying the techniques and the stories that we heard or we uh, learned in our life. So would you say how, you know, are some of the dishes, dishes that we would see in the past from Austria Francescana, are no. they, so they're completely Yeah, it's a different concept, a different restaurant, mm -hmm. different team, different place, so we're different. So being that you are the first Mexican woman chef, which is different unto itself, <laughs> to have a Michelin star qualifying that, um, tell me what it's like. Tell me what that's, I mean, you mentioned briefly, not briefly, but you did mention about going to school and being sent into the patisserie. How has, um, what, what is it like to be a Michelin star chef in Italy, and in particular, a woman, straniera, to some degree, in Italy, it, as a chef? 
I think I just realized that maybe some months ago because you know always when we started here it was Gucci and Massimo so before that you just feel like you're representing of course are your ideas your style your flavors how you want to um, to do the restaurant but you have two big names on your back yeah and it's not because they are heavy it's because also they hold your back so I think when we won the star I started like to realize that that I'm leading this restaurant but first I just I don't know it's strange it's also complicated to explain it but it was just like that I just realized some months ago that I was leading this restaurant what do you when what do you want your guest the guest to Gucciosteria to leave with in after having experienced or what, what, what do you want that experience to be for them well before all these coronavirus <laughs> happened we were telling all our guests that we want to to travel with them with without standing from the table because we you can see this travel going to asia latin america italy but now it's funny because now that it's a time that we can travel i think that you can travel with us here in the table you can feel these flavors you can smell them uh, you can be in other places with this menu. How frequently does the menu change? It depends. Uh, that's a very common question that I can't answer. <laughs> because I think a lot of people like each month. No, that's not for me because there are some ingredients that you can have two weeks, you can have two months, but maybe Today I have uh, a supplier that gives me maybe a box of, I don't know, so it, I don't know uh, plums that are super good. So I do something that maybe will last one week. So I change more depending on what we have, mm -hmm. more what the season gives to us. Of course, there are some some dishes that we will never change like tostada i will never think about that don't ever take it away a mexican dish will be one of the best sellers of this restaurant it was like a test and it was like if it works it works if it doesn't work i just take it out but it works pretty well there's a lot of people that just came here for that dish so now it's we are very junk project but now it's one of our classics of 3D project <laughs> it's the classic wow so also tortellini i mean massimo is our guide and i cannot imagine this place without the tortellini 
what are, um, you know, you have lived in a lot of different places. Um, what are, so I'd, lo I'd love to know, like, what are some of your favorite dishes or what are some of, what, like, have you brought a little bit of Denmark into this kitchen? Tokyo? No, no, I mean, in my, you can see in my career I have been in Noma, but I have been in Noma like I stayed there. Okay. And I wasn't there a lot of time. So yeah, it changed my point of view, but it didn't change more because I wasn't, I was there a short time. There are more significant places for me, like Mogaritz, like Rakodikan Faves, that, that was the place that forms me as a cook. Or maybe Ryugin in Japan, that, that blew my mind and changed also my palate. But you have a little bit of everything here. Also because the team is from a lot of different places. We have one guy from Japan, a Spanish girl, a Venezuelan guy, a Bolivian guy. Uh, so we have all this mix working with the Italian products. What do you think? What's what's your um, what's your what would you say that for the guest is your maybe most surprising product or least expected Italian product that you would see that you would experience that I would experience? Or maybe that's not the best question. Maybe the best question is more like have a question and it's not coming out it's like stuck in my head it's not like what would they least but what do you think is the kind of thing that, that I think that you will try the most iconic ingredients of Italy in a different way it won't taste like Italy it will taste like other thing because you what you expect from eggplant parmigiana or pasta la norma, or whatever. We, d we don't do that. Or you think about, you're in Italy and you think about corn, polenta, or semolina. Huh? We don't do that. So expect the unexpected <laughs> because we just transform the Italian product into a different thing. The only thing that we do in a traditional way is the tortellino. Okay, well, I can't wait to, I like what you said, I can't wait to sit down and travel while I'm eating. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to ex expecting the unexpected, except for the fact that I'm probably going to have to have the tostados. <laughs> you eat everything. Um, I eat everything except I can't eat, I'm allergic to mushrooms. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but because um, I, I never really liked mushrooms. No. I never liked them, and then I had this lovely porcini salad. Yeah. Like with groviera, it was fresh raw porcini, and I ate so much, and then I had this horrific, toxic, anaphylactic reaction, and then I went to the doctor, and they said you're allergic, and and they said do you eat mushrooms, and I said well I never really liked them, and they're like ah, so your body was telling you not to eat them, and I was like but. That salad was really good. It was really like yeah. It was the first time I, I ever, love porcini. I 
I, I do too. I'm never gonna have one. <laughs> At least you had it once. I know, and I and I and I had it, and it was really good. It was a good day. It was a really lovely day until after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will. I will eat anything. How about you? Do you have any allergies? Mm, no. Is there anything you don't Co eat? Coffee. I don't drink coffee. Just because you don't like it, or no? Because also I have kind of an allergy, mm. so I never drink coffee. And things that I don't like, no, I eat everything. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to, I'm also, I am going to, I'm, I'm also, I'm curious, I'm looking forward to, to the desserts here, because yeah. now with this, this backstory yeah. of your investment in desserts, but at the same point, you know, being relegated and then, you know, coming out of the desserts and now, like, you have this background, I'm very... Very curious as to see the teamwork that creates these the dessert here, like what it tastes like. And um, I actually, I'm honest, I, I eat a lot of desserts. Like I'm, I'm very sugary, so I'll just eat it all. Okay, so. perfect, <laughs> perfect. Well, it was really, really nice talking with you. Um, and I'm, I'm also, you know, I wanted to ask you, what's it like working in Gucci, by the way? What's it like working with all of this incredible imagery around you? It's great. Uh, imagine every day going into a place that it's full of fresh flowers. It's so, you can get inspiration every day from here. It's so nice, it's so beautiful every day. So, I don't know. If you see it like in an emotional way, yeah, it just, yeah, just bring your feelings out of what mood you have every day. Does Alessandro Michele ever, do, do you have any interface with him? Is he, does he ever say like, you know, I've got some inspiration for you? No. <laughs> okay. No, not really. I met him maybe twice and he's always so busy, so yeah. Did he eat everything though? Yeah, he has a good... Good. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he likes to eat casual when he eats here. I mean, he likes to eat. Would you describe the restaurant as? Would you describe the restaurant as? Because it is a Michelin star restaurant, but would you describe it as casual? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't like like stiff restaurants where you cannot talk or you you are like so stiff that maybe you don't enjoy as much as you want to. Also, this is a place that I want the people to to feel comfortable. If you, they, if you don't want the menu, you can share a dish with your friend or whatever. Uh, or you can eat by yourself, but a comfort dish. You don't have to be like, super stiff or no one speaking, you know? I don't like that. Well, you know, it's funny. I was thinking that, um, I was thinking about this the last time that I was here. If I lived in Firenze, this would, there are certain dishes that are in that I really, really like. And I mean, I liked it all, but in particular. And if I lived here, this would be kind of a place like, I, I could just imagine there are people that keep coming back. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's not, like you're saying, it's not this formal, you know, kind of, 
stiff upper lip experience and there's something I, I thought actually it would be kind of cool to have a book to read and come here and have lunch you know I don't, yeah. I don't know that's, yeah. that's literally that I when I when I walked out of here I was like if I lived here I'd always bring a book and have lunch here yeah I think also because of the the ambience in the restaurant can be very inspirational for a lot of things you I as you said like you can read a book or you have a nice conversation with a friend or also can be very romantic for a date or also can be beautiful for a family meeting you know mm -hmm. I want this this feeling in the restaurant I don't want this cold feeling like everyone like just eating and no speaking. No, I don't like that. Well, I think you and your team do a really good job of transmitting that vibe. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thanks. I appreciate your time. I know that it's time to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to start service. So have a great evening and um, yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy the dinner. I will. Thanks for joining me and Karime at Gucci Osteria. Gucci Osteria is located in Florence in the gorgeous and historic Palazzo della Mercanzia in Piazza della Signoria. It's a boutique, a museum, a happening space, and Gucci Osteria. You can visit it all. My suggestion is to catch up with Karime in the Gucci Osteria kitchen on her fun Instagram cooking series at Gucci Osteria. That's at Gucci Osteria. G-U-C-C-I-O-S-T-E-R-I-A. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ciao Bella. If you'd like to know more about today's guest, please visit ciaobella.co and click on the podcast link or go directly to ciaobella.co backslash podcast. Want more Italy? You can find all my episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. When you have time, subscribe to iTunes and rate the podcast. What are you waiting for? And if you want to be part of the podcast, email me or DM me your Italy questions. To learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao, Bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Dis to Dis Studios, the producers of Ciao Bella who continue to make me sound and feel great.